Welcome everybody to another episode of Ensigns to the Nations. My name is Kurt Ensign. I have here with me my beautiful wife, Allison Ensign. I also have Jonah with me and Maya hey, with me. This is Jonah. I like to dance. Jack is gone already. He's like left to, to go to uh, Bureau, Idaho, so he's not with us. But we'd like to press on and talk about the next section in the Come Follow Me, which is Doctrine and Covenant sections 102 to 105. 102 to 105. The name of this is After Much Tribulation Cometh the Blessing. Now, once again, we're the Lord is uh, showing us how to have faith in Him, and, and, and it seems like these lessons are just kind of getting bigger and bigger. <clears throat> Does anybody know who James Dunn is? Yes. My great-great-grandmother, Mary Dunn, married an ensign, Martin Luther ensign, she was a pioneer. She grew up in Nauvoo. She played with the prophet's children. She moved to the Nauvoo around when she was around seven or eight years old. She played with the prophet's children, and she was a real pioneer. Her uncle, James Dunn, who was you know brother to her dad, Simeon, um, he had introduced her family to the gospel. James was a very stalwart man, and... He uh, wanted very much to do whatever he could to build up the kingdom. In 1834, this is before, you know, uh, Mary came to Nauvoo. In 1834, he volunteered to join Zion's camp. Zion's camp was a group of about 200 men, a few women that marched from Kirtland, Ohio, over to Independence, Missouri, to redeem the saints that were living there in that area because they'd been kicked out uh, of their lands by mobs. So Uncle James was willing to leave what he had and he put his life on the line for the church and the prophet and the Lord. Well, just before Zion's camp arrived at Independence, Missouri, the Lord called off the attack. He told them all to go home. A lot of people thought that it was a bad idea and that they were very disappointed that they were that their plan had failed. They marched all the way over there and they didn't get to put the people back in their lands. But many found that they were stronger in their faith because of that experience. Uh, they got to walk with the prophet and they got to see his divine role firsthand right there. They figured out that Zion was not just a place, it was also a people. That the real task is to follow the Savior even when we don't understand everything. That's how Zion ultimately would be redeemed. And a lot of people figured that out. And these were the leaders of the church in the future. So for Uncle James, it led him to his brother Simeon. And he preached the gospel to him. And he changed the lives of thousands as we benefit from the strong family unit that Simeon Adams, Mary Adam, Mary Dunn, uh, Ensign, Martin Luther, Martin Luther, Horace Darwin, Gaylord Ensign, all of those people that come down to us, uh, we have a strong family. So one of the things that um, happened, so this is a lot of turmoil that's happening around this time. 
We've got the Prophet in Kirtland, and then we've got people over in what they called Zion, which was Independence, Missouri, and they're having a hard time. And so there's there's a lot of decisions to be made. And one of the big things that they did was in Section 102, which talked about establishing a high council. And Jonah wants to talk about that. Yeah, it's about establishing a high council, and, and then later it is also about how High councils um, hold membership councils for people who did a big old sin. Right. And so the first part of section 102, sections 1 through 12, is just outlining who was there and how they decided to have the high priests and the high council and all this other stuff. And then by the time they get to 12, they start talking about how that's they have to use the high councils for holding membership councils who have serious transgressions and some people don't really know why we have membership councils like why the repentance process has to have why the high council has to be part of the repentance process but it's it's Russell M. Nelson Russell M. President M. Russell Ballard he said that members sometimes ask why the church councils are held. The purpose is threefold. To save the soul of the transgressor, to protect the innocent, and to safeguard the church's purity, integrity, and good name. Right. So, you know, they have the same high councils today, right? Yeah. That was the first high council in the church, and it was in the, it was in the Kirtland stake. They were later, they'll, they'll form one in Missouri in that stake. They're all stakes have a high council. They still have high councils. They still uh, meet together often. I met the high council in our stake, met just this morning. And we talk about things that need to be decided. One of the things you write that happens with those high councils is they, they do what they used to call disciplinary councils. They've changed that name to membership councils so that it doesn't sound so harsh. But um, we do the same thing that they said in the scriptures. When I go into a membership council in the high council, um, I, we, we pick numbers, even numbers and odd numbers. We sit on both different sides of the table. And they're always a, a nice council of love, and we help people to really to, to repent and to come to God. But I've never had a, they're, they're very spiritual, spiritually uh, draining actually, meetings and um, pretty interesting. Hmm. So this high council that they did, they had, uh, uh, they had a couple of different things that they needed to do um, the first one, actually, the, the, the first thing they did was just a few days after they, they had this revelation and they did establish this high council. The first thing was some guy came to the high council complaining that another guy who was must have been a teacher or a priest or somebody who was teaching, and he said that he's too loud and he yells in the congregation. And it, when he's teaching? Yes. And it ruins the spirit. And he told the guy, and the guy said, ah, I don't care. 
So we brought it towards the high council, and they all talked about it, and they decided... Probably because in other churches, that's what they did. It might have been, right. You know, the, all the yelling and the jumping up and down. And the high council ended up saying, well, yeah, you should probably not yell so much. And he ended up saying, okay, I, I appreciate it, actually. I, it must, the spirit must have been there, and he learned something, and he said uh, he won't do it again. And then the third thing that they actually did was this talk about what are we going to do about these people in Jackson, in uh, Jackson County, in Independence, Missouri. Uh, so Maya was going to talk about that. How did we get Zion built? Um, yes, I'm going to be talking about Zion can be built only on principles of righteousness. Um, certainly the violent actions of Missouri mobs played a role, and the governor of Missouri had pledged support for the saints but never gave it. But the Lord said that were it not for the transgressions of my people, Zion might have been redeemed. <coughs> um, you may notice some things that, that are in Doctrine and Covenants Hindered the establishment of Zion in Missouri and others that could have helped. What do you learn that can help you establish Zion in your heart and home? So we went on a trip about three months ago to Zion's as a family. And I just remember it being like really beautiful and it kind of reminded me of actual Zion. You know, in the Book of Mormon, um, they... They want to get to Zion just because it's because Heavenly Father is mm -hmm. telling them to, and how um, it's just like a really good blessing to go there. And it may not have been like the same Zion they're talking about, but it was still really nice to just go there. And I think that's kind of why it's called Zion. Yeah, you know, sometimes you can if you're thinking about Zion and how to have Zion in your family. I mean, we obviously are not trying to go to Independence, Missouri. And but we do want to have a Zion family, a Zion in our heart, just like the lesson manual said. And so sometimes it's nice, Maya, you're right, to think about that beautiful place and that's what we're trying to go for. Good job. All right. Allison, you wanted to talk about a couple of very interesting principles. Yeah, so I am going to be talking about the next section, which is blessings come after afflictions and trials of faith. And I was just thinking about all the accomplishments that people have. And if you think of the greatest accomplishments and big things people do, it always comes after a, a commitment and some sort of um, trial. We just went to a BYU football game last night and the quarterback did a great job and they won a game they weren't expected to win. And we were looking at the background of the quarterback and all that he had done to get to that place. He had not just walked on the field and suddenly been a superstar. He had to go through quite a bit of sweat and tears and training ever since he was a child, really, to get to that point. And so, you know, college degrees, anything like that tends to, you have to, you have to work and sort of earn it. And I think some of these things were lessons to be learned of these saints who were struggling and um, 
had everything been handed, I'm not sure the value would have been the same, but this is one of those cases where um, they didn't really understand why why were they asked to go as Zion's camp and they they traveled for many many miles to go to Missouri and and try to do what was they were asked to do but then to have to turn around um, some thought oh that was a waste and what what was the point and but if you listen to some of the voices it's called voices of the restoration you can you can see that there were great lessons that were learned. Um, Wilford Woodruff said, I was in Zion's camp with the prophet of God. I saw the dealings of God with him. I saw the power of God with him. I saw that he was a prophet. What was manifest to him by the power of God upon that mission was of great value to me and to all who received his instructions. So a lot of people gained this testimony of the prophet and a stronger testimony of the gospel. Um, he had Wilford Woodruff ended up saying the experience we obtained in traveling in Zion's camp was of more worth than gold. So, uh, you know, they did learn a lot of great lessons from this, and those that went told a different story than what you may see at face value when you just look at it and see, oh, they didn't work out, they had to turn around. Well, there was more to it than that, and they were able to be blessed in a lot of different ways. I like that concept is, uh, you know, when things don't work out the way you hope they would, to not be stuck on the negative things, to try to figure out the positive things. What was that one story, Al, that you read and you really liked about this lady who was in the concentration camp and she, the, the bugs that were in there or something like that? Do you remember that story? I do. From a book called The Hiding Place, Corey Ten Boom. Was, oh, yeah. uh, she had, well, I don't want to ruin the story for anybody that's not read it, but she was placed in a concentration camp for housing Jews. And her, her great lesson out of all the horrors around her was actually came from her sister, who um, would pray every night and always be thankful for her blessings. And that's really more what that story was about, not. So much about being strengthened through trials, but uh, seeing the good and being thankful for the blessings that you do have even through trials. Because the sister would would always even say thank you for the fleas that were in here. And Corey just thought, what in the world? How, why would you be thankful for such a thing? She found something to be thankful for and all that she did. And it, it turned out later they learned that the fleas are what actually kept the guards away. And... Because the guards were away, they were able to um, study the scriptures and speak more freely. And that was a major blessing to them. So there are ways to look at the good side. And it's always something to be grateful for and lessons you can learn. I'm glad you talked about count your blessings in uh, section 104. Um, because, you know, they're talking about what's going on in Missouri in Missouri, two, two main places that the church used as money-making opportunities, which was the printing press and then there was a store, they got destroyed. Well, because of that, and the only other one that was left was the store in Kirtland, they met together and they talked about um, what to do with the United Firm or the United Order, which was a group of people who kind of kept track of those three properties and some other stuff the church had. So that's what Section 104 is about, is about that. And we can gain some insight as to our own 
finances as we read through there and think about what the Lord told the church of how to be better financially stable. <coughs> the, uh, he said to be organized when you're doing your finances. And, you know, I, I have a spreadsheet that I use and I have a couple other things that I use to keep track of my bills so that we don't um, miss any bills. So it's important to be organized. You're supposed to let, said in the scriptures, you're supposed to let people be responsible for things. And I thought about how Jonah is responsible for picking up the dog poop outside. And he does a pretty good job every Saturday. He goes out there. He also has a job to mow the lawn. And he also picks up the dog poop. Maya does a really good job of feeding the dog. It's one of her responsibilities. So it's always good. But the other thing, and you touched on a little bit, Allison, uh, is remember your blessings. And it said that God's given us everything and that we need to really count your blessings. And, uh, you know, I think we could all, let's, let's, Jonah, what's the thing that you're grateful for? Real quick, just something, anything. I'm grateful for little fake plants that people put in the house. Fake, fake plants? Like, They're very good. They, what, they beautify. Why did you say that? They beautify everything. Maya? You know how some people have real plants? Well, I like fake plants because you yeah. don't have to water them. Yeah, it's true. And they're better than nothing, right? Yeah. Maya, what are you grateful for? I'm thankful for all the peace on the earth and Heavenly Father. You, it's a big thing, yeah. Let's see, what do you think? Mm, I'm just always grateful for the safety and security of having a house and food. Yeah. Physical safety means a lot when you're a mom and you take care of your kids. You don't right. have to worry about that. I think that if we really sat down and we started listing out all of the things that we were grateful for, it would be a big long list. That's a great way to keep us focused on what the Lord gives us. All right. So we want to thank you for joining us for this um, episode here. We enjoyed talking about Zion's camp and all of the uh, tribulations that they went through, but the blessings that they also experienced because of this. And... Um, and Jonah talked about church councils and how they can be a blessing and they're necessary at times to really strengthen the individual and the members of the church. And uh, Maya talked about Zion and the actual place Zion and how to her that was much like the Zion that these members were trying to create. A lovely, beautiful place where they can feel joy and um and then I talked about the blessings that come after trials, and and then um, Kurt. Kurt talked about uh, getting things in order and finances and the importance of that, and what we can be grateful for, and finding the good. And uh, just in in closing here, I wanted to just share one more thing from Elder Bednar, and he in a talk called "On the Lord's Side: Lessons from Zion's Camp." He talked about one, one great lesson of, um, to be taken from this was of testing, sifting, and preparing. And I thought this really wraps up a lot of the main points that we talked about today. Um, these, these saints were challenged physically and spiritually, and it was sort of like a sifting of the wheat from the tares when you read about that, or a dividing of the sheep from the goats. Some who were not spiritually strong or 
who were angry thought, oh, you know, this was, I'm, this can't be the true church. How can you just change your mind? And there was nothing learned from this. And, but, but the people who were able to look at this in the proper way and gain faith from this incident and see the many things, lessons that were learned. Um, so it is sort of like that separation there, the testing and sifting that occurred. And I think there's things like that today that we're faced with where we don't understand why, why does it have to be that way? And oh, I'm leaving the church over this or that. And it's not the way I think it should be. But, you know, as we try to have faith and look at things this way, we can, um, w you know, with faith, we can really learn from the Zion's camp and apply that to the things that we're faced with today. So thank you for joining us for another episode of Yeah.